This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. (laughs) Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Good morning on this Saturday, uh, 13th of the month, isn't it? Yes. Fond. I like that. Fond. Yes. A fond hello. Well, actually, it's usually a fond farewell. Farewell. But the show just started, Charlie. Don't get me going in the wrong direction. I'm not trying to, to, Frank. Have to get Marilyn back in here. (laughs) Everything would be running in reverse. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Here we are on the garden show. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I am quick to point out. Mm -hmm. And uh, a quick nod to our producer, Patrick James Dooley. He's on the scene. That's the first voice you're going to hear when you call these numbers to talk to Charlie. 416 Three six zero zero seven forty for those in the Toronto area, and then anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now, as is her wont, uh, she always it goes to the after and all. It is her wont. my show. It is her show, so she pretty <laughs> well tells wont. me what to do. <laughs> and and you... she's saying, "Give me the, give me the time." Okay, well, give me the right, microphone. It's nine oh eight. Okay. Oh no, no, you want you want the time to read your. I do. Well, you know, it's there's a lot going on. It's well, yeah. that time of year. Sure. Uh, though hard to say. I mean, I had a gosh, an inch of snow in my backyard uh, day before yesterday. No kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh man. However, well, it's mu- got a little milder. You live it rained. Up on the tundra. I was going to say that's what happens north of the 401, so um, <laughs> north of Highway 7, even. So yes, the snow has melted. <clears throat> Rain came down most of yesterday, so that's. We can see ground again. Okay. Good. And I do believe spring is going to come. The little bulbs have been sitting there through all that snow and wind and ice and are ready to pop as soon as we get a little bit of warmth. But of course, there's lots going on across the province. People send me um, I, these announcements mm. via email. So just, I will quickly just mention my email address for those of you that would like to send announcements. And I'll, can that be a good idea? Thank Why you. Don't you mention your email. Yeah, just because when I can fit in these announcements sure. around, you know, Frank and his <clears throat> filler, then I am um, I do. And my email address is c dot dobbin. So d o b b i n at m z media. Dot com. So c.dobbin yeah. at mzmedia.com. Very simple. Speaking of simple, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it's very simple again. I never realized that. <laughs> you know, you're the tweetite. <laughs> <laughs> I tweet, and I tweet uh, the way you can be, uh, follow me and, uh, you know, see what's going on in my garden, garden tips, mm-hmm. activities uh, in the spring season particularly. Very simple. At, the symbol at, yes. Charlie Dobbin. C H A R L I E D O B B I N. So at Charlie Dobbin. Yep, follow me on Twitter. My my daughter told me I had to say that, so I've said it. Number one coming up the Peterborough Horticultural Society, the Peterborough and Area Master Gardeners, and the Northumberland Master Gardeners invite you to the Peterborough Garden Show. It is on this weekend, so today in the Evanrood Center in Peterborough, 10 until 6, tomorrow 10 until 4. Admission is $6 a person, children 12 and under are free. It's a great show. We were th- I was there yes. last year. <clears throat> and you pointed, of course, that I'm not there this year. That's right. That's okay. I'm here with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so upcoming, mark your calendar. So the, the next three are all happening on Sunday, April 26th. Does that make sense? 
It can't be Sunday, April 26th, because then it's Saturday, April 27th, and then it's... Wonderful homework. Yeah, my, would you stop? Nice prep. Just bring, bring up a calendar there, because I'm reading from what people send me. <clears throat> so this, I might have to check this one. Sunday, April 26th. That doesn't make sense. Let me go to the phone. Will you carry 13. on with another one of your well, um, fabulous announcements, and I'll, uh, I'll check my calendar. Well, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society invites everyone to attend... At 2 p.m. at the RBG Center. Of course, that's it's located. Sunday, April 28th. Yeah. Um, the 26th is a Friday. I know. So this has to be Sunday the 28th. I must. It must have gotten messed up in the translation. So it must be Sunday, April 28th at 2 p.m. Because <clears throat> this wouldn't be on a Friday afternoon. It is the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. So uh, very cool people. They've got a special speaker, and she is an amateur photographer. She will take everyone on a visual trip to Rose Africa. The 2012 World Federation of Rose Societies Convention, hosted by South Africa. So there's no entrance free. If you've got any interest in roses and you want to learn more and meet other people, other rose growers, you know, gain from their experience, share tips, maybe get some, you know, great um, lines on where to get some great roses. And we remember we had the Canadian Rose Society yes. president on last yeah. year. We should probably get her back. because Gathering she has, rose Petals, well, we may. That's right. Well, sort of. I think, yeah. Um, but anyway, so no entrance fee. There's goodies. There's tea. Enjoy the, everybody. Exchange ideas on rose growing. For more information, and if you want to just double check that date, I'm sure it's Sunday, April 28th, just go to HB Rose Society. So that's all. No, this is an email. Just HB Rose Society, all one word, obviously, at simpatico.ca for more information. Uh, Saturday, April 27th. This one is right. Okay. This one is definitely right because I will be presenting, better be right, I will be presenting from Grass to Gorgeous. It's part of the Zone 5 OHA convention presented by the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. My keynote talk is scheduled for 1 p.m., I think. At the, <laughs> it's always something that's I think. <laughs> I guess they'll let me know when I'm supposed to be on I stage guess. at the Latvian <laughs> Center, which is for Credit Union Drive, Scarborough. Will you stop laughing? Can't, like, Most of uh, your announcements have been corrections. Well, no, I'm just giving people a heads up. You know, we'll get more details as okay, we don't get, go along. Don't blame me for any wasted time here. <laughs> no, That's all I'm mark you. your calendar. These things are going to happen. I'm just not exactly sure what day or what time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am sure. Okay, also on Sunday, April 28th, the Greater Toronto Bulb Society meets, would you stop laughing, meets at Cumber Park oh. Community Centre, which is 6000 Leslie Street at 1.30 p.m. This one's correct. Main speaker is the ever-dynamic Paul Zamet on Lessons from the Garden. As well, there will be a mini-talk by Rosemary Dobson on Arizona Plants and Scenery. So glory at the annual Daffodil Flower Show. That's pretty fun, too. Free parking. Everyone is welcome, of course. So the Greater Toronto Bulb Society, April 28th. There you are. There you are. Yeah. Is that it uh, thus I, far? Or? That Thus far. I mean, I have a good email I want to share with you, but I imagine we probably have to go for... Oh, do we have to go for a break? Uh, we do. Okay, there you yes. go. I'll share my email. I got All a great right. email from one of our wonderful listeners, Ed Shepard. Tips, sharing tips. Okay, sharing okay. tips coming up okay. with Charlie, who shares everything with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, well, There's a few things I don't share with you. Oh, well, <laughs> good to know. James Patrick Dooley and I will have to discover what that is. <laughs> Meantime, it's 914, and we've got to push right along here because there are callers waiting. Charlie Dobbin, your show, uh, back in just a moment. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm the sous chef of The Garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming you aboard. But you're not really a chef. No. No. I said sous chef sous. of The Garden. I said, yeah, exactly. Chef, or yes. undergardener. I prefer undergardener. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, let's get going to the callers Brenda's here. on yeah. the line. Brenda is on the line and has been hanging on that line uh, forever, it seems. Uh, Dundas, uh, Ontario. And we say good morning to you, Brenda. Welcome along. Would you help kind of referee our, our show this morning? <laughs> <laughs> morning. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm phoning about... A hellebore. Mm-hmm. I phoned you, Charlie, uh, two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I bought one. It's in a gallon pot. It's mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm wondering, I know it likes the shade, but will it survive out in fairly open ground? It gets a lot of sun in the summer. It gets quite hot there. Will it be all right in the heat in the summer? I think you would find that that would not be optimal unless it was a very moist location. No, it isn't. It has an old cedar overhanging it, which killed my heather and the bleeding heart. And you told me to move those, which I did, and they seem to be, I think they're okay. So you think I should put it in more shade? You know why? Um, hellebores, or Lenten rose, or Christmas rose, many ways that they're referred to, they like a, a very organic, a moist soil. They prefer shade, particularly um, hot afternoon shade, because the evergreen leaves will just turn yellow and crispy right before your very eyes if there's uh. too much sun on them and too, or too much wind or too dry. None of these are the conditions that are optimal for the hellebore. Okay. Now, That's you, a shame. I'd love yeah. to put it out the front where everyone can see it. But, yeah. Well, so, so but you a mentioned nice a shady spot around the side where right. it, it is a bit more moist. Okay. I'll That's probably that. the right spot for it. And, and the other thing I find if you can, because they bloom so early and we're not really out in our gardens spending a lot of time so early in the spring, other than maybe out raking the lawn and such, uh, it's nice if you can put them in a spot where you'll be able to see them from a kitchen window or the back door or something where, you, yeah, like you I mentioned, the front. Yeah, yeah. So try and have it visible from inside rather than tucked up against the house because you really won't see it unless you're really outside. Yeah. They bloom early. The mine are starting to bloom now at my house. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I will be able to enjoy it, but my passers-by won't. Oh, well, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You'll grow something up and create some shade. If you really like this plant, remember, you can create some shade. Right? With umbrellas and... Well, no, sticks. plant something that's going to give you some height and some, some shade out in this very open, sunny area you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I can about. do that. You know. um, I have read in my gardening books it doesn't like to be moved. Is that right? Um, you know what? There's some plants that are a lot harder to move than this plant. I wouldn't yeah. try and move it after it's been there for four or five years, but okay. certainly in the first year or two, if you need to move it, it's fine. Mm. Okay, Charlie. All right. You. Thanks for your call. Thank you very Bye. much, Brenda. Bye-bye. Hellebora. Sounds like some guy who drones on and on and on. <laughs> That's and, good. I like that. Uh, Hellebora. Oh, that, hey, boy. Okay, just uh, to put mm-hmm. that in context for you, yes. the, um, Canada Blooms, which you came to, yes. uh, had a photograph on the ticket that you had and, mm-hmm. of course, was on the magazine and the posters. That was a hellebore. Well, I wish I'd That's... taken a closer look at that darn ticket now. Oh, well. I'd understand completely. No. However, <laughs> there it's is... not boring. It's, it's not boring. Not at all. It's, okay. I take your word for it, as I do everything. Yes, you do. Uh, you have to. <laughs> Barbara from St. Catharines is with us. Hi. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. This is a follow-up call. Two weeks ago, I think I was hearing you speak to a gentleman about orchids. Mm-hmm. And I thought I heard you say the best way to water them was to submerge them in water. Mm-hmm. And how often do you fertilize them? You have two options there. One is you can fertilize every time you do the submersion. Like on a weekly basis? That's right. I see. But, of course, if you di- did go that route, then you would uh, use the fertilizer at half strength. Oh. Not full strength. If you know what I'm saying, when you're mixing, adding your fertilizer to your water, you've got to make sure that you would do you know half the amount of fertilizer or twice the amount of water, depending on how you look at it, to ensure that you're not over fertilizing. To see. to really follow the instructions on uh, the any of the fertilizer packages for actively growing plants, like we are working with right now, once yeah. a month is sufficient. Right. Fertilizing once a month. And when you submerge them in the water, how long do you keep them there? Just until the air bubbles stop rising. So it might be three or four minutes. I find that when I submerge my orchids, they kind of float and bob in the, in the water. So I have to sort of hold them down and sort of push them down under the water. Right. And all the little air bubbles stop rising at some point. You know, yeah, like I say, it takes a couple of minutes. And then I pull the plant out and I let it sit in the sink and just drain in the sink. Very good. It's a great way because of the bark. Remember, we have our orchids are typically growing yes. in, in a medium that they're growing on top of the bark. Right. So when you pour water in the top, it just goes whooshing right through, and, and it doesn't really do anything. The bark doesn't absorb and hold any of that moisture, whereas right. that immersion technique does really work. Right. 
Well, thank you very much oh. for following up on that with me. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. Right, you are. Bye-bye, Okay, Charlie. bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, I noticed uh, you don't have your bell today, but it's a lucky thing those last, first two callers were not first-time exactly. callers. Exactly. I'll just have to go ding-a-ling-a-ling myself because uh, we're mm-hmm. about to move radio stations to the location, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they, they packed up everything and they taken it away, <laughs> no, including you, my little bell. You put your hey. stuff in a box yeah, and, and some boom. mover took the box. They did. Even your computer's gone, I noticed. I was surprised. We had we have tables and chairs in here now. Yeah, I haven't even got a phone in the office. It's crazy. <laughs> well, it, we'll all get it underway next week, and then we're looking forward to the sign-on, uh, which will happen Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning. John Gallagher is going to be kicking off things at Zoomerplex, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's right, and that's the AM. And, of course, yes. FM will be doing the same thing, yep. 96. So yeah. somebody else will be obviously there for that 10 o'clock. I would imagine. I would imagine. But yeah. it's probably the same time, right? Makes yeah, sense? I, I would think so. I okay. would think so. But it's going to be great. At, at all the it's new a studios. new place. Oh, they yeah. have done a fabulous job. Yeah, yeah. Really. It looks really nice. Yep. It's over in the um, Liberty Lib- Village area. Liberty Village, and, uh, exactly. Well, we'll get to introduce a lot of folks to that area and to the new studios and to the new concert hall there. Uh, oh, it's just going to be grand. Grand is Any a good word to describe yeah. that. I like that. Do you know grand. what happened to me last week? No, what happened to you last week? Met uh, George Grant, the CEO yes. and president, yes. MZ Media, right? Mm-hmm. He demanded I return the Lululemon transparent yoga pants. Won't <laughs> says no, we can't have that. Don't ha- so, can't have that on the radio. No, and so he took them away. <laughs> I think he secretly wants them himself, but <laughs> I cannot. I can no longer use them as I do my exercises now. Well, that's because you do love here. to do your exercises. Yeah. You and my mom, eh? She's a Is Dolly big. A, uh, she's a big real, exercise yeah, fan, and she doesn't have any of those Lululemon pants. I will tell you, but she is doing what we're doing, which is taking Sierra Sil every single day. Three of those little pills at night. That's right. And she finds that she's just that much more limber and that much more pain-free to do the kind of exercises she likes to do. And a lot of it is sort of a water aerobics class. She does a couple of days a week at the Y, but she also walks. She does the stair mm-hmm. climbing in between. Best thing for you, walking? Yeah, yeah it is. Exactly. She lives in a condo, so she walks the stairs there mm-hmm. just to get some exercise every day, right? Keep that Good keep that blood circulating. Her. And yeah. Um, yeah, she's finding Sierra Sil makes it easier and uh, and less painful. So if you are somebody who wants to stay active and avoid painful experiences while being active, consider Sierra Sil, a completely natural mineral nutri- mineral supplement that, uh, like I said, both uh, Dolly, my mom, Frank, and I take daily. She swears by them. And boy, you should hear some of the words I've done. Well, <laughs> no, For more really? information, yes. 1-877-JOINT-14 or the website www.sierrasil.ca or pick up Sierra Sil at many of your local health food stores like Whole Foods Markets. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm delighted to tell you that uh, Frank Proctor, yours truly, here with you once again, joining You're delighted to tell us that? Well, yeah, because folks who know me know that I don't stick around long in any job, so... (laughs) You're still here. (laughs) My wife's wife's exceedingly pleased I'm still here. Yes, and I'm pleased that you're here too, Frank, because, you know, this show wouldn't be nearly as much fun without you. Steve in Burlington, anxious to get grubbing here. Hi, Steve, how are you doing? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning to you, Charlie. Good morning to you, Frank, the undergardener. That's exactly. thank you. <laughs> uh, the reason for my call, my friend actually has a backyard. It's not big at all, but uh, her son is eight years old, and they have a uh, uh, let's call it a swing set in the back. Mm-hmm. But what has happened over the and this is the first year of the twelve years that she's lived inside the house mm-hmm. uh, is a big forty-plus-year-old tree, huge tree that overshades the backyard. But grubs, obviously, last year, I'm assuming his grubs made it um, worse than a tiger hole, you know, last day putting. Mm. It <laughs> did it all over the place. Now, I know, or I do believe, I should say, nematodes can't be applied until the fall time. Yeah, late summer. Okay, mm-hmm. late summer. Mm-hmm. What sh- should we do, do now? now? Overseed it? Um, lay sod on it, not sod, but... Well, um, all right, so this is under this tree area you're talking about where there's the swing set, and Correct. the ground is a mess. And, it is a mess. And just continues to get messier probably every day as either skunks or raccoons or starlings or any any little creatures are eating the grubs. Like, that's so, what's happening. They're digging up and get, getting at the grubs. Correct. What are you going to do? If you can possibly 
just relax and let it be because uh, ultimately any fixing you do right now is just going to get dug up again okay. until those grubs have moved on to the next part of their life cycle. All right. So as long as they're in a grub form, they are very edible and bigger and fatter and juicier every day and and any creatures, sort of urban wildlife that are jumping all over them now are going to continue to jump on them and eat them, which is a good thing for you until they pupate. And it's such a late spring. They're not likely to pupate until probably the, another month, maybe even five or six weeks. It kind of depends how quickly the soil warms up. Okay. Um, but it, it, it's at least four to five weeks away before I would recommend you put a lot of energy into fixing that lawn. At that point, absolutely, yes. You're going to level it, you're going to add soil, and you're going to put down seed, which will cope with those shady conditions and the high traffic that, of course, happens near swing sets and where children are playing. And that wouldn't be a worry for the seeds and the traffic? Nope, not at all. You Just make sure you buy a good, proper grass seed blend, which is designed for your conditions. So if it's kind of a sun, shade area and high traffic, you will find grass seed blends out there that will meet those criteria. Uh, certainly Scott's makes a lot of great grass seeds, and there's a lot of other ones out there. Don't cheap out on your grass seed, though. The, you get what you pay for when it comes to, to grass seed, unfortunately. And then, of course, you put it all down properly, follow the instructions, and keep the kids off it for a couple of weeks until it grows. The, la- the last thing, uh, what type of, when I say dirt, uh, anything like when you say well triple done. mix is better than just straight garden soil and if okay. you're under an old tree the soil is probably pretty depleted of moisture and nutrients so any good organic um, based garden soil is what you need um, yeah there are lovely yeah. seeding yeah. mixes there's lawn top dressings uh, watch the sales if you will because the lawn top dressings are great but they're also very pricey so it's, it's not a huge yard maybe go with you know, a big bag of that might have it at Costco or have it at Loblaws or one of the Home Depots where you can just lay that out a good half inch in a month or so don't do in it yet in a month or so month, five weeks, six weeks Charlie and Frank are both I thank you very much and oh, Steve, our uh, pleasure your quick reference to Tiger Woods you've got to be watching the Masters right? <laughs> yeah I know he's, uh, that was my that was the first person that popped in my head I'm not yeah, really well. a golfer oh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I know he's better I know he's not creating the holes inside the dirt <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot of fabulous stuff going on at this year's Masters mm-hmm. I'll, so I'll talk about that a little later when I get on the air later thank on you both. Thanks, thank you Steve, Steve. Pleasure to have you on the show, 929 The Time, here with uh, Frank Proctor and, of course, the star of the show, the one and only, the uh, maven of uh, uh, magnolias, might I say, and I did, uh, <laughs> Charlie Dobbin. Yes. Thank um, you. And you can follow Charlie Dobbin on her Twitter account, at Charlie Dobbin. There you go. Another plug for that little twit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Claudia. You're showing your age, Frank. I am <clears throat> Claudia in Scarp. This week on Celebrity Spotlight, Canada's Hitman. <laughs> oh, we were going to dance. Are we? Oh, it's uh, James Patrick Dooley is just, you know, getting morning. so wound up. Hello, that's got to be Claudia. Yes, right? good morning, Hi. Uh, Charlie, and good morning, Frank. Good, good morning. morning. Um, uh, yes, of course, I am a first-time caller. Oh, oh, and ding-a-ling-a-ling. all these years I've been listening to your show... And the lovely tips that help me with having a beautiful garden. Good. But now I am in a condo and I try my very best with the flower pots and the window boxes. Uh-huh. Recently, my daughter brought me a sugar palm and I don't know how to look after it. She had it with her for a while and a couple of the palm leaves have dried out and were cut off. Okay. Now, at present, it has four leaves, and three are drying out on the edges. Okay, so, so wait, but when you say sugar palm... Yeah, that's the name she gave me. I don't know what the other one is. You know, it looks like a pineapple in a pot with these palm leaves coming out at the top. Okay, so you know it's the, it's not really sugar palm. It's a sago, S-A-G-O palm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay. <clears throat> sago palm. And you're right. It, it looks a lot like a pineapple, and yeah. it's from the exact same family. It is a member of the cycads. It is a cycas is its proper name. So um, they are palm-like, but they are not um, really palms. You'll find the, only the one species, which is the one you have. It's an extremely slow-growing plant. It puts right. out just one leaf per year. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's a slow growing. That's a wow. real slow growing plant. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so do these other leaves just dry out too slowly? 
No. Usually when any plant has uh, drying leaves, we look to humidity. In your condo, it's probably, is it warm and dry in terms of the, the air, quality of the air? Well, when she brought it to me, I, she was living in a home, maybe her house was warm. When she brought it, the three of the leaves are already drying on the edges. Oh, I, I have one now that is, the, it's a little bit smaller in size, but it's green. Okay. So my suggestion is the following. Uh, this, this particular plant you have um, it should be in a bright spot. It yes. does not need to be right in a window, but it certainly should be, you know, in the brightest room in your condo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, a situation where it's getting a fair amount of light. Yes. The, the tips turning brown and then that browning or yellowing continuing from the tips in further into the frond or the leaf is very much an indication of either extreme temperature, so cold or hot drafts, mm-hmm. and, number, and or number two, lack of humidity. So I'm a huge fan of the pebble tray idea. The, it's uh, a, yeah, you know, it is in a uh, ceramic pot mm-hmm. with soil at the bottom and tiny pebbles on the top, on the surface. Okay, no, that doesn't do you any good at all because oh, that's, okay. that pebble, that's just a decorative top, yes. almost okay. like a mulch on the top. Um, is, tell me one thing. Is that palm in a pot that has a drainage hole and then that's sitting inside the ceramic pot? Or is no. This, okay, the does, whole, whole plant and soil, everything is in a ceramic pot. And does that ceramic pot have a drainage hole? No, it does not. All right. What I would do is it's very, very, very easy to overwater plants that are in pots that don't have drainage. That's right. So first and foremost, I would get out some newspaper, lie that plant down on its side on top of the newspaper and get that plant out of that pot. Mm -hmm. You can keep the ceramic pot as an over pot, but what you need is a plastic pot or something else to go inside the ceramic. So it'll still look nice, but you need a pot with drainage. Uh, Very, very important. Now, a pebble tray is where we get a big tray. We fill it all with pebbles, and then we sit the pot on top of the pebbles Mm-hmm. So there's water evaporating around the plant. Oh, that uh, gives it the humidity That's required. Right. Now, you can mist. You know, if you have a little mister or gizmo, yes. spritzer, do that a couple of times a day. That will help as well. What uh, about fertilizing? Right now, I wouldn't worry about fertilizing. We okay. fertilize plants when they're actively growing, and yes. your little palm sounds like it's actually <clears throat> struggling a bit. And fertilizer's not going to be... Yeah, give it a month or so, and then yes, you do want to give it some fertilizer. But first, you got to get it into a drainage, a pot with drainage, fresh right. soil. Make sure it's not real soggy when you take it out of that pot. If it smells swampy, get rid of all that old swampy soil. Get some new soil, potting soil, and then uh, yeah, just get in the light, start the spritzing, and yeah, let it kind of get settled into that new pot, and then consider fertilizing once a month, just through the growing season, right up until July or August. So there's no need for the tiny pebbles on the top? Nope. Nope. Strictly decorative. Great. Thank you very much, Charlie and Frank. I enjoy your show. Thank Thank you for your call. Good luck with that. Let us know how it goes. I will. Thank you. Uh, ever loving the alliterative uh, terms, Barb from Barry is uh, on the <laughs> line loving. here now. Ever loving <clears throat> uh, geraniums uh, seems to be the uh, order of the day here. Mm-hmm. Hello there, Barb. How are you? I'm just fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Good morning. Hi. I'm just calling to ask you a question about a geranium that I've kept over the winter in the house, mm-hmm. uh, in a in front of a north window, a sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. Usually I take and trim that down. I, I've kept it for several years because it's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a cool basement. Uh, the basement's quite warm here in this house. Yeah, I do the same thing as you. I bring in my favorite geraniums and treat them as house plants all winter. And this winter, <clears throat> this year, for mm-hmm. some particular reason, it's actually blooming a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I always do this too late instead of at the right time, you know, cutting it back mm-hmm. to put it outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it sort of rebounds and flowers a lot and really is beautiful. But anyway, now I'm wondering if I should just leave it as it is when I go to put it out like in May or early June, just on my back deck, or should I still trim it down? It's got buds on it and some flowering, uh, some flowers, active flowers, so I'm hesitant. Yeah, do you need to cut it down? Well, how tall is it roughly now, the plant? 
Well, it's actually like if you count the stems of the flowers, it's like about eighteen inches tall. Mm, and the it's plant a... itself is about a foot, and then it's got the you oh. know the really long stems on the geraniums on the top, uh, flowers on the top. And it's in a good sized pot, I assume. The to- a pot is about a foot across. Yeah. Okay. And it's a gut drainage holes. It's a plastic pot. Yeah. You know what? If if it looks good, and what I find with geraniums inside, when I've t- brought them from the outside inside, no matter what we do, the the light levels drop, mm-hmm. and and so I find that the geraniums, when I bring them in, they tend to get very large, what we call, they get very elongated between the leaves. Mm-hmm. So the st- a very healthy, happy geranium is quite compact. Mm-hmm. And the space between the leaves is maybe maybe an inch mm-hmm. along the stem, going up the stem. <clears throat> Mine, when I bring them in, even in a bright, bright sunny window, could be as much as an inch and a half to two inch inches between the leaves. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, thin and, and kind of scraggly looking. So that's my incentive for cutting it down. Mm-hmm. But if yours looks good and it's, you know, it's green and fairly compact and dense, and obviously it's got tons of flowers on it, mm-hmm. then for sure, just leave it as it is. Of course, you've been turning it in the window, yes, 180 do, degrees. Yes. And of course, you'll start fertilizing now. Oh, okay. And uh, do that once every two weeks or once a month. And then once the weather starts to get a little warmer, you'll start slowly taking the plant out for a little afternoon um, sunshine or not so much sunshine but just afternoon shade is what you'll start with and slowly introduce it into the real world and then yeah after it's been in and out for 10 days or two weeks or thereabouts and we're actually frost free you can just leave it outside and it'll it'll just be that much happier okay i'll try this and if it doesn't work then i can always go back to uh, yeah you can always cut it down later but you hate to do that because you're going to end up cutting all the flowers down yeah and when i'm i'm standing looking at it now and the center of it is very uh, dense actually with leaves Okay. Which I'm sort of surprised. Yeah, no, it sounds good. good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, I, like I said, I cut mine back just because I need to. And also I get more plants by doing that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got the mother plant and then I take all these little cuttings and then I've got more plants. So yeah. it's a way to propagate our geraniums when we cut back. But you don't need to. It's, it's finding a place to put them, too, if you have a smaller home, <laughs> right, right, in the winter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay, thank you for that advice. That's just great. Thanks, Bert. Have thank a good day. You. Yeah, thanks for joining us from Barry. Now, I have to cut my geranium down. <clears throat> it's really, Bart, yeah. interesting that Barb mentioned that, because I was looking at it yesterday and saying, it's time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like scraggly. And the same thing, it's got it's covered in buds and I stuff. I can't imagine you raise anything scraggly. <laughs> oh. Some people would probably think it's beautiful. I think it's scraggly. How's oh, that? <laughs> oh, all right. Very discerning gardener we have yes, here in our hands. Right. Master gardener, she is Charlie Dobbin, and you're listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio. Looking at the time here, we're at 939, so let's take our little break now because we have a number of folks we want to get on the line in just a couple of moments. All right, uh, and let's as, do that. as we do that, uh, with your permission, of course, Charlie. I know I'm going to cover my uh, eyes, I yes, think. Yes, all right. <laughs> I'm going to start my exercise routine. Doing. Yes. No, it's going to be a simple sitting here and extending my arm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah really. Sitting my arm. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Just a simple arm extension. I'll just sit extensions. way back from the yes, microphone. there we go. All right. Mm. Why is Frank doing this? You know what? There's some really good, in the Globe and Mail, they yeah. do uh, quick exercises for office people, ones that won't make you stand out in the crowd and just you can do at your desk. Oh, really? Anyway, why would you want to do any of these exercises? Yes. We know that sitting too long makes us sedentary and fat and a whole bunch of other things. So to stay active. And not uh, creaky. And not creaky, exactly. Yeah. Uh, both um, Frank and I take a product called Sierra Sill. It's completely natural. We don't really know how it works. It's this mineral supplement that keeps our joints oiled. It actually comes from the Sierra Mountains. Yeah, and it um, yeah it takes away a lot of that pain mm-hmm. that can happen. And, of course, I'm heading out into the garden. Gar- temperatures are looking really good next week. Forecast into the double digits. Filling There's up the wine bag and a wish Lots those. of work to do. Yeah, there was that Christmas <laughs> present you gave me. I'll be filling that up. Yes. And... Um, and the, uh, okay, I forgot what I was talking about now. <laughs> well, just Bottom line is getting, you know, pruners out yeah. and all the active up and down knees. I'm going to be, you know, my Sierra Sale is going to come in very handy and will continue to come in handy as we get back into the garden. If you would like to be pain-free and active, consider uh, learning more at their website, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store, like the peanut well, mill the peanut mill, um, in St. Well Catharines. In Geneva. There you in go. In St. Catharines. You got it. Sierra Sill, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Undergardener. Under here, yes. <laughs> Joyce from Toronto is uh, on the line right now. Hi, Joyce. Wait a minute here. Do we ever? Uh, wait a minute. Good morning. Good morning. There you are, Joyce. Okay, hi. Hi. Um, I am, am a first-time caller. Oh, ding-a-ling-a-ling. They stole my bell, Joyce. <laughs> it moved. <laughs> I'm not much of a gardener, but I do have a couple of orchids that I've been given, mm-hmm. and they are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. I just love them, and I've had them for nearly two years. Nice. And what I like about them is because when they're in bloom, they're in bloom for so long. That's right. Months. But I have found... Charlie, with this one, that one of the leaves has started to dry out at the end, and then uh, it goes up the leaf. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you're wondering why that's happening? Yes. Well, do you, what do you do to try and increase the humidity around your orchids? Well, I don't do anything particularly because I just water them every week. Mm -hmm. So no spray them. I'm just wondering because I mean, often when when particularly when it starts on the tip of a leaf, Mm -hmm. we suspect two things. One is um, lack of humidity. The other is uh, salt in the water or cold water. It's regular tap water that you're using. Actually, when I got them, one of the plants said to put the three ice cubes in once Mm -hmm. a week, Mm -hmm. and that's how I've been doing them. Okay, so you do them all like that. Yes. Right. So, yeah, and they're happy, and they bloom for you, and they do everything as they're supposed to. Oh, they're gorgeous. Hmm. I wish I could tell you exactly what it is, because, you know, that's the trick. When you, when you get that tip, it, it, it is perfectly normal for the odd leaf to finish. Uh-huh. You know, no plant keeps its leaves forever. Of course. So, as, you know, if it's one of the older leaves from the bottom, from beneath, then for it to slowly but surely be, you know, dying back is not something to be overly concerned about as long as there's new growth coming from the center top of the plant. Okay. Um, be careful of temperature fluctuations. Most orchids like a pretty steady temperature. Um, you know, they don't mind if it drops a little bit cooler at night, but they don't want it too cold at night, and they certainly don't want it too hot during the day. Mm-hmm. So we always kind of look for about a 70-degree uh, temperature during the day. And like I say, it can even go, you know, in the winter, it can even be 60 during the day, but and at night, no lower than 50. Oh, they don't get that. Oh, it's okay. not the temperature. I'm in a condo. <laughs> right. So, and good light, obviously. You want them not direct sunlight, but bright spots, generally speaking. Yes, they're facing south the window. And you've got the watering under control. Now, it could be that, you know, there, some people argue that the ice cubes are not a good idea because it would just be shocking to the plant. Cold water. But they melt so gradually. That, and that's what's good about them is that it's that very slow watering that the water percolates down through that bark that we talked about and can slowly absorb the moisture as it becomes available. And that's why we kind of like the ice cube idea. But then some people argue that, you know, it's cold and it's shocking and the poor little leaves, that's why they turn yellow because they can't stand the cold. Um, Mist, though, I can't, like I said, I can't overemphasize either the the pebble tray below or the spritzing as a good way to keep the humidity as high as possible because moist air is essential with all orchids. Okay, then. All righty. Thank you very, very much. I thank you for your call. Thanks. Have a great day, Joyce, and thank you for listening to AM740. Zoomer Radio as we zoom along to Mississauga. And if I've got my information right here, Rick is a first-time caller. Is that correct, Rick? Yes, it is. I'm a first-time caller. ding a ling a ling uh, I'd like to say good morning to both of you. Well, good thank morning. You. Thanks for calling. Um, Charlie, my problem is uh, back in 1996, I planted about 20 uh, plants of boxwood to create a hedge in front of my home. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, I guess about six years ago, one of the plants dried out and died out on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and replaced it with a brand new plant, put it in the same spot. It grew for about a year. It uh, integrated with the other uh, plants to make it look like a full hedge. And then uh, last year, the same thing happened. It's died out on me, dried out, and uh, I have to replace it again. Could you tell me what, mm-hmm. what the problem might be or what I can do to continue with the hedge being a hedge yeah really with not one missing right in the middle and it's the same spot where where it's died twice now yes well i would suspect something about that spot could then is it out near the sidewalk 
Uh, it's close. It's about the about four plants in. I have three or four other or two or three other plants in front of it before mm-hmm. it hits the uh, curb. Mm-hmm. But I think what might be happening. I have a lot of. Uh, Spruce. Mm-hmm. I have a spruce hedge as well, a, a couple plants. I have a Colorado blue spruce. Uh, it's about 30 feet high in the same area. And I'm just wondering if the acid from from those particular spruce and uh, cedar bushes is causing the problem. No, the boxwood would be fine near the cedars or spruce. Um, I'm thinking about a dog peeing in, on that same plant over and over. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking something about that one spot. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't figure it out. That's why I thought I'd any, uh, like again. Piping? I got to replace it this year. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was just wondering, uh, Rick, if there's maybe any piping run, uh, running under there with gas line. No, or, no, nothing. nothing. I even I when I took the old plant out, mm-hmm. like I said a couple years ago, I actually uh, put brand new soil in. Oh, I, I didn't use the old soil just to make sure that that hmm. uh, it went in with completely new yeah, product. Yeah. And it looked good for a couple of years, and now it's died out as well. Wow, yes. that's weird, eh? That is weird. That's a puzzle. <clears throat> I mean, so you could. Something that uh, you can think of that might be the cure or what I could do to prevent it from happening further. Well, that's it. I mean, one thing maybe I would consider is doing a soil test of the soil specifically beneath or around that boxwood prior to replacing it or doing any soil replacement. Okay. There are some fairly simple at home soil tests you can do. Um, Many of the garden centers and retailers in the spring will come out with a um, a soil test sort of package that you buy and mail and get back the information. Or you can go through the University of Guelph, which is our closest um, uh, accredited soil testing lab here in uh, sort of the southern Ontario, Toronto area. Um, You can Google accredited soil testing lab. And there's very good instructions on the website on how to take the soil so that you're getting a good sample. And they'll actually mail you the bag and the box and all the stuff so that you'll just mail it all back to them. And then they email you the report. It can be helpful. It can give you some insight into what's going on. And, of course, you can can write right in that you're needing help because of the following. And they can look for, like, it's just funny. You never know, right? There could be something from 100 years ago or from when your house was built that was just left there and it's affecting the the soil. The thing is, though, Charlie, I I had it growing for since 1996 mm-hmm. it grew for about 10 years mm-hmm. oh wow and and it didn't it didn't start happening till like i said about five years ago or so right. i think it was approximately so it, it was in, in stable condition so i don't think it's it, it could be something from way back unless mm-hmm. it took so long to, for that particular area to get you know yeah I contaminated know. or whatever, whatever. yeah yes, yeah contaminated hmm I, I wish but, I had a, a real solid suggestion. I'm leaning there. toward the dog theory. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not right at the road. Well, um, I'm going to try to replant it. I'll see if I can find. Uh, I, I have a regular uh, plant outlet, so I'm going to mm-hmm. go to them and okay. uh, see if they have a soil test. That maybe that's the route I'll take. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, boxwood. Do you go to Sheridan's for your boxwood, or do you go somewhere uh, else? Actually, no. I go to Plant World. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Plant World's wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, and they're very smart people there as well. So yes. ask their advice when you're when you're at Plant World. And tell them what you've told me that you know this very frustrating and confusing. Now there is a virus that does get some of the boxwood, but it'd be strange to have one in the middle yep. of a hedge yeah. affected yep. twice. Gee, Rick, uh, keep in touch with us. Let us know how you come along with that, and, uh, and okay. what recommendations they might ask you to follow. Be yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be up there in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to go through it with them and yeah. see if yeah. they can help me. Ta- and take uh, a chunk of your, I would suggest take a chunk of the, the boxwood with you when you go to show them. Oh, okay, might, good idea. Might have uh, some thoughts on that as well. Good stuff. Right, well, well, thanks a lot for your call, Rick. Oh, I appreciate your help. Thank you so much for both of you. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Okay, take care. Thank you <laughs> so much, Rick, and uh, thank you for joining the Garden Show. We have to take a little bit of a break right now, but we do have other callers waiting to talk to you, Charlie, and ask those questions that Us. I know. It sounds you, like us, Frank. They want to talk to us. Us. Yes. Well, now, uh, you allow me to say that now? Oh, <laughs> only sure. I can One say week that. I get only I oh, can say that. Oh, yeah, all right. You just keep remembering I'm the goddess of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't let me forget it. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back to have a chat with Bill in just a moment here in the Garden Show. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. I like you that know, one. You know, you know what happened? Just happened. Uh, Dave Corner Garage, of course, just around the corner with Dave Rediger and uh, Alan Gelman. Alan, Alan. Alan just came up to the window He's and did the genuflecting toward you, As the queen. Should. The queen. The diva hmm. of dirt, my dear. All righty. Okay. You little diva, you. Deal with this. <laughs> Bill in Scarborough has a question for you. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Morning. Charlie and Frank. Uh, I'm a second call, time caller. Oh, oh we should have a special bell oh, for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm just going to go ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, uh, I'm really working. I work with a n- nursing home uh, with their gardens, and I have tuberous begonias that I that bought the roots in, in the pots and all, mm-hmm. didn't disturb them, but put them down the basement in the cold, which I've done for five <laughs> years, uh, and they, I can get them growing again in the spring. I've got them growing now, and but I have some of them that are... That, just seem to refuse to start growing, and and some of that grow very very slowly. I was wondering if if Charlie could give me some idea of anything I can boost them up. I do put fertilizer on them. And, uh, Be careful until they are actively growing and you know really broken out of dormancy to not over fertilize. No. So it's okay to fertilize once, uh, but don't do it again until you're really seeing a lot of growth. Now the Why little. Sorry? Why is it, Charlie, that some bulbs mm-hmm. seem to just sit there and sit there and sit mm-hmm. there under the ground, don't seem to move, mm-hmm. and others are maybe a month down the line they'll, they'll start growing? I find it's variety-specific, sometimes even color-specific, when and how uh, various plants will actually break dormancy. I see. So I'm thinking that it could be something like that. Now, you can uh, facilitate or hopefully speed up that process by uh, considering put some heat from below, um, heating pad below the pots, or there's, you know, warming. Well, I have a heater in the room. I have okay. a heater on the floor in the room, and they're on shelves. All right. But it can just dry the air out so much when we've got the heater in the room. Uh, okay, uh, what about loosely putting plastic wrap, kind of saran wrap, over the pots of the ones that are con- continue to be dormant? Now, I'm not talking sealing the, those pots off, but just, again, doing everything in your power to maintaining some humidity within the pot, and uh, the warmer room is a good thing as well. Yeah, all well, the pots... I've watched the soil very closely, and the soil doesn't get dull, dried out. No, so you kind of do the thorough watering once, and then, of course, drainage holes, uh, and then you just leave well, them alone. No, these are great big pots, and I, there's no way you oh. could get any, you know, in the summertime if they're on the ground, you could water them enough so the water would run right out in the ground, but you can't do that. In the house. No. So uh, the great big pots have several tubers in them. Is that what you've got going on? That's right. Okay. Well, maybe three or four sometimes. Mm. All right. Well, and they've been in those same pots for a number of years. Yes. Okay. And you, so you've never lifted them and disturbed them or done anything to them? No, you just, I don't. Yeah, you just bring them in once they've been frosted. Oh, actually, there's some of them that are growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And light? Have we got light in the room? Oh, yes. They're in the, right in a big window. Okay, good. Lots of light. Hmm. I wondered sometimes whether there might be too much light there, too much sun, because it gets hot there. Yeah, but the that the warmth will often stimulate the growth, uh, and the, you've kept them. They're like the the do you, before you w- sort of wake them up or start them going. They they start to grow. Obviously, the ones that are very slow though, just be careful. Like feel with your fingers because they should be right on the surface there. Feel those tubers. Make sure they're not soft and mushy. That they've got, they're still firm and rigid. Uh, that will tell you something as well. Because, yeah, it's always a trick when we're waking up tubers and bulbs and things. Is There's a fine line between too much love and TLC causing them to rot under the ground versus, you know, just sort of the right amount of light and moisture and, and warmth to wake them up. Now, to speed that up... I. By the sounds of it, there's not a lot you could do differently. But do not over-fertilize. If you've you know, thoroughly watered them once and there was fertilizer in that water, then let them be until you really get some leaves growing on them. I see. Okay. Yeah, it'd be well, easy to have a salt buildup in that soil when yeah, they're not growing yet. I might have uh, some boost that I can... Because I, I, the, the fact that some don't grow mm-hmm. and others are, are four mm-hmm. inches tall already... Mm-hmm. 
Well, the see the um, the growers, the people that do this commercially, they do use various and sundry sprays to speed up, slow down, uh, um, cause branching, uh, do all kinds of different forms to plants when they're dealing with large quantities. When we're just doing our own sort of home thing, it's a uh, little trickier. I mean, I'm happy to do a quick search on the on the web for you and report back next week just to see if there's yeah. anything I'm missing there. But the suggestions I've made are probably the best ones I can make at this point. Yeah. Could I could I say tell you the developing I've started them a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's about right. They they start to wake up anyway when the when the days get longer. I see. Didn't you find that when like a month ago some of them had little bits of well growth. I took them out of the cold room and put mm-hmm. them in the main mm-hmm. basement till I started to see some growth right. and then I moved them all up into the light. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. like I said, I'll see if I can report back anything else for you for next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bill. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you. And do we have a Speaking time? about reporting back. Okay. Remember last week, we had a call from Elaine oh, in yes. Toronto. Yep. And her problem was earwigs. Earwigs were eating her little seedlings. And she was just frustrated because she had to keep reseeding. And yep. the earwigs were just out there. And she wondered if there was some magical way to protect them. And Ed Shepard wrote a quick email. And he said that he's had some success with plastic bottles cut off about three inches pushed into the soil around the smaller transplanted plants, and then they're easy to remove once the seedlings seedlings get bigger or just leave them there all summer. Um, for pla- for flowers, they're a bit untidy, but if they work, so what? Now, that what, what Ed is talking about is something we've used for cutworms for years. Because cutworms cut are like a larva, it's not really a worm, that move along the surface of the soil, and they literally just chew right through seedlings right at soil level. Look at the dirty little dirt. I know, yeah. and it's not even like they eat the plant. You get up in the morning, you go outside, and all your, your newly, your little beans and things that have just come yeah. up, they're all keeled right over on the ground, and they're just cut right through at ground level. So we protect from cutworms with like a collar around each plant and that's the idea of the plastic bottle and Ed said maybe that would work with the earwigs as like well a good idea, actually, so just a thought you know that idea of a, a collar to protect the other thing um, I was reading about earwigs really like beer and we use beer in saucers to um, drown slugs. Mm-hmm. And when we get into a lot of rainy periods, we get a lot of slugs in our gardens. Well, it's, come late May, early mid-June, when the earwigs are out in force and little seedlings are coming up, consider little bowls of beer uh, sunken into the ground. They, it's a, not a bad death when you think but about it. But don't tell me where the address is because I'll be out there joining <laughs> the earwigs. <laughs> you know what? We've got a scoop, We do. We Thanks, really Frank. Do. And Couldn't do it without hey, you. James Patrick Dooley, thank you for your help uh, yeah, behind absolutely. the controls there. And, thank uh, you, Charlie, James. Always and a pleasure. Thank you to all our wonderful callers. We, again, couldn't do the show without them. So uh, thanks, and we'll see you all again next week. And remember, follow me on Twitter, at Charlie Dobbin. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.